Jopeni chased. And welcome in. You're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. With open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Hit me up on Snapchat, SnapJHood, also on Instagram, IGJHood, as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank studio. the program tonight here in our last hour we'll hear from josh nelson who covers the chicago white Sox for socks machine we'll find out josh's thoughts about the white Sox. they lost a range shortened game against the cleveland indians that team's closer to the 500 than i thought they would be on may 5th but uh, may uh, 9th but we will see what the white Sox will look like uh moving forward here i want to get josh's thoughts on the Sox at 9 15 also oh my goodness you know it's Thursday, right? You know how we do this every Thursday. Come on. You know we do every Thursday night, right? And under the hood? Weeknights? Throwback Thursday. Of course, we have Throwback Thursday for you. We've got a great topic for you, as always, for Throwback Thursday. So make sure you stay very loose and advice for that. 9.30 for Throwback Thursday right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad to have you in today. You know I'm in the mood for? I'm in the mood for, have you been thinking about this? I know I have. How about a little Bears conversation, huh? So I've been thinking about the Bears and the NFL, of course, because there's always news. There's always stuff going on in the National Football League. But with the Bears, I think it is pretty clear that our focus is going to be on how the Bears can be able to get over the mountaintop and be able to excel like they did last year. Winning the division was great to be able to win the NFC North. That was just that was on time. You really want to see that, right? But the thing that you always have in the back of your head is what if. And it makes sense, right? The what if when it comes to the Bears. And what if Cody Parkey makes that kick? You know, how much do the Bears lose by against New England in the Super Bowl? We don't know if that would happen or not. But the point is, is that it was right there for the taking. And so the NFL 
You know this like I know this. You don't know what tomorrow brings. I mentioned to you when the schedule first came out here and we had the exclusive coverage of the schedule coming out. I said that the Bears look like 10 and 6 based on that schedule. That's first blush with the pen. Just like going through it, win-loss, 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 10 and 6. Jeff Dickerson agreed with me on that 10 and 6. Of course, I'm going to change that one way or the other by the time we get to Bourbon A. Then after Bourbon A, I'll change it again. But 10 and 6 seems right and it seems like another playoff team. But everything is centered around the quarterback for me and Mitchell Trubisky. When you ask people around the league, what do you think of Mitch Trubisky? It's always a mixed bag. There's never a mixed bag when it comes to Pat Mahomes. There's never a mixed bag when it comes to Drew Brees. Never a mixed bag with Tom Brady or any other of the upper echelon quarterbacks or, or quarterbacks that are on the come. But with Mitchell Trubisky, there's always this feeling of, um, you know what? I want to see more. And you know what? I'm in that same camp of you wanting to see a little bit more. Someone asked me, who knows? Somebody asked me in the street or somebody asked me about Mitchell Trubisky. And what I said to that person was what I've been telling you. And that is, you know, with Trubisky, what you want to see with the offense is for it to go vertical. You want it to, for it to be able to go down the field instead of side to side. A lot of razzle-dazzle with that offense. But it doesn't mean that he's bad. I want to make sure that's clear, too. I'm not going to ride the fence on him, but what I did last year, and for those of you listening to me last year, you know what I said. I did not judge Mitch Trubisky one way or the other until the end of the season was done for the Bears. And then I told you what I thought of him because when you go through different defenses, seeing different looks, ebb and flow of the season, is he healthy, is he not healthy, all those questions, it's only fair to be able to judge at the end of the season to find out what you have in Mitch Trubisky. And what I thought is, is that I thought that Matt Nagy, the head coach for the Bears, saw what he saw from Mr. Trubisky. And through the season, you saw this, a little bit of maybe taking away that much of the playbook and maybe taking a little bit more of the playbook away just so Mitch can be able to kind of narrow down on his targets and try to figure out how he can get the ball down the field or how he can run down the field and be able to garner yardage. Chris Black got a chance to talk to Mitch Trubisky about the tempo of the offense. Uh, and I think you saw it. There's flashes of that last year from us. When we used tempo, we we didn't let defenses adjust to us. We didn't adjust to defense. Defenses had to adjust to us. So we were on the fly, moving the ball down the field, scoring lots of points, and using that tempo and keeping defenses uh, off balance. So I think that's con- something we got to just continue to go with this year, and that's something our coaches believe in, so we'll definitely use that. Um, but you just got to continue to mix it up and, and be on top of it. And uh, it, tempo it was it was a great thing for us, but I think the main thing for us is when we mix up that tempo, whether we're going fast or slow, or ball control, or trying to go score fast, we still need to be consistent in our execution. So everybody be on the same page, uh, mastering plays, and just really getting deep into the details of each and every single play, so everybody knows the whys and ins and outs, um, so we can be even better. The other th- question I thought was really good from Chris was asking about the comfort level in year two of the Matt Nagy system. Uh, I'm very comfortable. I know what we need to work on this offseason. Uh, it's great been able to like go back through the off offense and watch our own cut-ups of the plays instead of watching uh, in- install from uh, the other teams he's been on than watching Fantasy City Kips. So 
we know what we need to work on. We know what we need to improve. We're so much further along with the offense because everybody knows the offense. So we're just dialed. It's we're able to go through details. We're able to play that much faster, um, and just everyone master position and get everybody on the same page to execute and play really fast. So we kind of know what we like as a team, what fits our style, and what we did really well. And then we also know what, what we want to work on. So we just have a more focused plan for this offseason. The coaches have done a great job just getting us back going, going back through installs. And then we just got to catch up the new guys and the, and the young rookies uh, within this offense. And we'll, we just got to get to our playmakers and roll. So the thoughts there from Mitchell Trubisky with Chris Black right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Under the hood with John the Hood with you. We'll hear from uh, Josh Nelson coming up at 9.15. But I saw this. I, I find this interesting, too, uh, from David Schoenfeld. We have not had Schoenfeld on, Felix. Let's get him on uh, late May, early June. Dave Schoenfeld is a, a terrific columnist for ESPN, covers uh, Major League Baseball. This is going to make Felix smile. First time on the show, but he's going to make him smile today. This piece. <laughs> how the National League is taking over baseball. Now, how about this? As an American League fan, and put this on the poll, at ESPN 1000, are you more of dot, 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 an American League or National League fan? Give the people the choice. As far as style of play, however you're going to phrase that, style of play. Now, I'm a Sox fan. So... I've seen a ton of baseball, but I prefer the American League style. But it goes a little deeper than just the style. Schoenfeld says a little confusion, a little, he says a little confession. I've always been more of an American League guy. The designated hitter does not bother me. I grew up in Seattle watching too many sub 500 Mariners teams. I moved to Red Sox Yankees territory during the height of the rivalry of 2000 and saw the passion up close. I liked George Brett and Kirby Puckett and emulated Cecil Cooper's batting stance uh, when I was playing wiffle ball. The Brewers were in the American League back then. I remember that. I was not happy when the National League won the All-Star Game in 79 at the Kingdome. Damn you, Lee Mazzilli. Um, but he goes on to talk about the star power. One of the things that's missing in Major League Baseball is the promotion of the star power. Look, you and I know sports, so we know the stars in Major League Baseball. But they're just on the same plane as Tom Brady, Khalil Mack, uh, on on you know Pat Mahomes, um, some of the big names in major in the NFL, Major League Baseball, and still needs to be able to reach the heights of the NBA. Knowing Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid, baseball still needs to be able to get there. So I, I like I like that he pointed out some of the players in the National League that have that it factor. Um, other than he talks about Bryce Harper, for all the right reasons, of course, with the Phillies, the Padres with Manny Machado, plus their two uh, hotshot rookies and more is to come, by the way. The Braves with all that young pitching, plus uh, Ozzy Albies. Um, the Brewers looking to repeat as National League champions. The Cardinals with Paul Goldschmidt looking to get back in the playoffs after a three-year drought. The Mets may be good, may be mediocre, but they're always interesting. And so he talks about how there's some it teams in the National League that is kind of taking over things. Which, which you know what? I like that. I like that. Look, the American League. If you if you care about the All Star Game, you know the American League has beaten the National League like a drum over the years. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I know that that has definitely been the case. But you think about 
the it teams or the it factors in the in baseball. Bryce Harper, when he's at the plate, yeah, I want to see what's going on there. Manny Machado with the Padres when he's available, yeah, I'm watching. Paul Goldschmidt with the Cardinals, we just saw the Cardinals just recently. So I, I like that. It also talks about the National League's competitive balance. That leads directly to this point. The National League figures to have more intriguing division races or, at the minimum, more teams that should factor into the playoff races. In the American League, it looks like we might already be down to just six teams fighting for five spots. The Rays, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Twins, the Indians, and the Astros. Unless one of the other American League teams starts showing something. But in the National League, however, with the entire league except the Marlins and arguably the Giants going for it, almost every team uh, every night is worth checking in. This isn't to suggest that some things aren't happening in the American League. The American League East race is going to be a terrific three-team battle. But what he's saying here is that in the National League, that there are more storylines and actually more people to watch, which, which I like. Um, in the American League, though, you do have Aloy Jimenez when he, when he is available. Otani, when he's 100% healthy, he's still... I know he played yesterday. So Otani from the Angels, Gliber Torres, Miguel uh, Andahar, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh, man, that camp. How old am I? I saw Vlad when he first came to the league, and now I'm seeing his son. <laughs> Jesus, unbelievable. You're seeing these juniors coming across here, these guys that I watched as a, as a kid myself. And then you see now you're seeing their son and like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got looks like he's got his dad's um, his dad's strike zone like his ability to to swing at everything. That's what I'm seeing here from Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. But he's fun. But you know what? As an American League guy, I get that there is li- maybe a little bit more spice to the National League. I like it. So I, I thought it was a good piece by Schoenfeld on, on ESPN.com. Glad you're with me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Oh, okay, so. I see this here from Charles Barkley. So Charles Barkley is in. I have to look at these in soundbite form because it's not like I'm watching inside the NBA and TNT every night because Shaq ruined the best post game show uh, in sports. When Shaq came along, he ruined it. Uh, but I will accept the sound bites that I'll see every now and then on Twitter or sound bites I see on YouTube from inside the NBA. So I got to take it in bite sized form. Pardon the expression. So here's Charles Barkley talking about LeBron and the Lakers, because that is a story as well. Um, the Lakers are looking for a head coach. I would say the Bulls are looking for a head coach also, but Jim Boylan's in the, in the mix. So <laughs> this is always intriguing. Here's Charles Barkley. That's a tough situation to go play for the Lakers, uh, because you have to accept the fact that if you go to the Lakers, you're going to get all the blame and none of the credit. Uh, that's kind of like that's, that's to the Le- LeBron factor. You know, when LeBron wins, uh, it, people they say he's great, he's great, he's great. But when they, every time he loses, they tell you the coach sucks and the other players around him mm-hmm. suck. You go back and look at everything that happened in Cleveland, same thing that happened with the Lakers this year. Every time they win, they say, oh, he's better than Michael Jordan. But every time they lose, uh, oh, the players suck around him and the coaches suck. we got to get a new coach. So if you're a superstar or a really good player, why would you put yourself in that situation? Were you just in a situation where you're just going to get blamed? You're not going to get any credit. The Chicago White Sox. How about that?
back Thursday, 9.35, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We turn now to a man who covers the White Sox like a blanket for Sox Machine. We'll tell you about how you can download that podcast right into your device. That way you never miss an episode of their podcast of Sox Machine. It is Josh Nelson as the White Sox lose 5 nothing in 5 against the Indians. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hello, Josh. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Oh, you know how I'm doing. I lost today. <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> well, it's Carlos Carrasco. And here's a fun little stat. A few, maybe a weird version of fun. In the last eight starts for Carlos Carrasco against the White Sox, this covers all the way from 2017 to today, he's only about eight earned runs against the White Sox. So the White Sox can't hit this guy at all. It's usually a bad day when they're facing Carlos Carrasco. But, hey, positive. They are now 3-3 three and three against the Indians in Cleveland, Jonathan. That's a lot better than last year. They're stuffing that drum. I haven't heard that. Where's that drum been? I haven't heard that. I'm glad. <laughs> I don't hear the tom-tom in the background. They're, they're, make, they're, they're muting that guy. The Indian, but, you, but you and I both know the Indians weren't going to be good this year, too, right? Well, well here's the thing. I'll, I'll take that back. I thought the Indians would be would underachieve but still win the division, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I'm 100% with you. I, I thought they could coast and maybe win this division with 88 wins, even though maybe three of the five worst teams in the league reside in their division. But after these six games in which the White Sox are three and three in Cleveland last year, they're, they were one and eight. I see an Indians team that offensively cannot support the very good starting pitching that they have. And the way that the Minnesota Twins are hitting and the way that the Twins have started, uh, I'm wondering if the Twins are going to be the team that easily wins the American League Central. And by easily, I mean they, they may have a, ahead of the Indians by six or seven games uh, by the end of the season, even though they don't really have the horses like the Indians do in the starting rotation. But, again, it's because the Indians' offense uh, isn't very good, and they're allowing teams like the White Sox, who are still rebuilding, uh, and, you know, they're playing the White Sox. They're playing with half a lineup. The starting rotation got a big blow with Carlos Herdon being hurt in the bullpen. Uh, hasn't been performing consistently. Uh, the fact that the Indians are not able to beat up on the lower end of the competition uh, makes me wonder where they're going to be in July. And if we're in a couple months, Jonathan, not talking about the Indians possibly trading Trevor Bauer. Josh Nelson covers the White Sox for Sox Machine. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. As we go around the division, I do want to ask you about the Sox first, though. I want to get your thoughts about the first 36 games of the season. What do you know about the Sox that you didn't know coming into the season? Well, what I am learning is that maybe the White Sox have solidified the left side of the infield by not signing Manny Machado. Now, I want to clarify something. I still think it is a huge mistake that they did not sign Manny Machado. But moving Yohan Makata from second base to third base has been a smoother transition than I was expecting. And offensively, he looks a lot better than last year. And with Tim Anderson, I think he's taken another step offensively as well, uh, in which with him winning the player of the month in the American League in April, I think we have 
seen that he can be really, really good. He could be one of the league's best hitters uh, when he's in a groove. I think what we're still having to learn uh, is the pitching side. And you know, I talk, and I know you've had James Fegan, the beat reporter for the White Sox and the Athletics, uh, in the past. And James and I talked on our show this past week. And you, it's not just Chicago; it's everywhere in the minor leagues for the White Sox. They are struggling on pitching well at every level as a whole. And I think what I'm learning is is that man, the White Sox are going to have to really commit some resources, Jonathan, in the near future on pitchers. And that's maybe something that they weren't expecting, that they were hoping with all these trades and with the drafts that they would have figured out the pitching side and they can spend some money on position players. No, I think that's going to have to flip-flop. I think they're going to have to spend a lot more money on pitchers in the near future. So I, just, I still think we're learning. But right now in the first 36 games, this is a an offense that could be above average. But, man, it's going to be a roller coaster with this pitching staff in the bullpen. So will Reinsdorf sign another John Danks deal? <laughs> I know, I know, I know he feels burned. Uh, those signed pitcher more than five years. Then he signs John Danks. And I know he's like, I thought you said Kenny. I know he's rubbing it into Kenny and and Han. But you are right. You got to pay through the nose to be able to get that starting pitcher that you need. Because when the Sox get good, it's not going to be Lopez or Giolito that's going to lead them out for opening day. And we don't know what kind of pitcher Michael Kopech is going to be mm-hmm. from his injury. And we haven't seen Dylan Cease yet. And Dylan Cease has been dominant at times, but he hasn't had dominant back-to-back starts. And they're limiting the amount of pitches that he throws, and he's limited on the amount of innings he throws. So it's really hard to gauge on how well he's thrown in Charlotte, even though I do think he should be in the starting rotation just based on quality. That's how you judge it. And don't consider the fact of service time or or anything else. But, yeah, I mean, there's question marks. There's question marks already for 2020 and beyond on what this starting rotation, the bullpen, is going to look like. And if you're going to rely on your internal options, uh, I think it's one of your catchphrases, all prospects are suspect until proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the White Sox internal options are very suspect until they prove Otherwise, and is that something you really want to count on when you are planning to make the transition from pretender to contender? I don't think it's the wisest decision. I think the White Sox, especially this upcoming offseason, should be planning already and scouting some of the upcoming free agents next year, or maybe guys are going to have expiring deals. There's one pitcher in particular they're going to see this weekend in Marcus Stroman of the Toronto Blue Jays that you may consider trading for because, uh, like I said, you can, you can look throughout their entire farm system and you can see it every day watching the White Sox. Pitching has suddenly became a weakness for this organization, and that was unplanned. Josh Nelson from Sox Machine with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Um, my, I guess my highlight of the early season is the Sox in their uh, series against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. It kind of reminded me when the Yankees weren't so good. You know, some of these kids don't realize there was a time that they were not the evil umpire and the Sox used to kick their butt. And so that reminded me of that time, how they play. Is there, besides the Indians that you're holding over my head, is there another, is there another series of games that stood out to you that you really liked from the Sox? 
Well, I can say I, the series that I didn't like is when they went to Detroit and Baltimore because I thought that they played below expectation. But, I mean, the Yankees series is a good one because, yeah, I thought they were going to be completely blown out of the water mm-hmm. against the Yankees. But I think even this series, the first two games, Ivan Nova had struggled greatly in his previous starts, and he was able to bounce back. But Yohan Mercado had such a great game against Trevor Bauer. And I think that was a statement. Putting up nine runs in a game that Trevor Bauer started, that's incredible because mm-hmm. Bauer's been so good. And then you follow it up with a 2 to nothing win, a tight game in which the pitching was great. Lucas Giolito was great. And Alex, Alex Colomace, you know, <laughs> saved Jace Fry uh, from near meltdown and, uh, and disaster. So I, I think the first two games of the series against the Indians – for me, in addition to the Yankee series, is the highlight so far early in the year for the White Sox, where they have demonstrated that they can go toe to toe against the playoff teams, and they can win these games in a blowout manner or in a very tight manner. It's just obviously the difference between teams that go to the postseason and teams that are going to be picking in the top five in next year's draft is consistency. How often can they consistently do this? And they can string together series wins. Uh, That's the difference. And obviously that's something that they need to work on and prove and maybe hopefully, fingers crossed, we see a little bit more of that this season. Josh, I want you to jump in on our topic. We were talking about the American League versus the National League based on the David Schoenfeld piece on ESPN.com, how the National League has taken over baseball. Uh, again, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an early sample size, but I, just, I think he was just kind of referring to the star power, the, the Bryce Harpers, Manny Machados, the Paul Goldschmidt's, Albies from the Atlanta, um, and players like that. Um, I can tend to agree with them, actually. The NL's competitive balance, I think we might even get better playoff games from the National League. Uh, and Felix gives me these numbers about the Major League All-Star results. I, was, I, I said that the American League has been the hammer and the National League has been the nail. Yeah, it's 13-3 to three over the last 16 years. Um, so, yeah, so the American League has been stronger. But I, I see the upside of the youth uh, from the National League. How do you measure both sides uh, of the American League and National League in that regard? Looking at projected standings, no matter what projection model, the American League out of 15 teams, only six teams right now are projected to have a 500 record or better. Mm-hmm. In the National League, it's nine. Nine out of 15 teams are projected to finish 81 and 81 or better. That gives you better races. And I think if you have better teams in one league, it's because you have better players. So I agree with you, Jonathan. In 2019, the National League is a lot of fun to watch if you're a fan of baseball. Uh, I mean, just look at Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich, man. The numbers that they're putting up, I mean, it's just insane on the current paces that they're at. And you mentioned as far as the Atlanta Braves and obviously the marquee free agents, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, go to National League teams. Uh, San Diego's got a ton of young talent, and they're playing really well. Uh, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, and I think we're going to have a heavyweight fight in the National League Central this year uh, between the St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago Cubs, and who knows, maybe Christian Yelich can continue to carry the Brewers and you have a three-team race there. And the National League East, uh, if the Nationals ever start playing a lot better, uh, you can maybe have a three- or even four-team race in the National League East. Yeah, it's a lot more fun to watch than the American League because right now, like I said, six teams are 
projected to have a 500 record or better. We just talked about one team that we're not exactly sure on, and that's the Cleveland Indians. Uh, the Houston Astros are dominating. Uh, they're projected to be the only winning team in the American League West, by the way. Uh, and then in the American League East, the Blue Jays and Orioles aren't trying. So it's like, it, it's May. It's May, Jonathan, and you can already see on which teams are making the postseason in the American League. Is that fun? I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's as interesting in the National League where it's still up in the air and how it could play out. So I agree with you right now. The National League is more fun to watch. If I went to Sox Machine, what would I find? <laughs> well, you would find a lot of things about the White Sox. Uh, lately, it's been about as far as like with uh, Lucas Giolito uh, and the pitching. We've been keeping track of that uh, a lot lately. Today, you can read about Bobby Jenks and his uh, $5.1 million settlement uh, that he had over the weekend with the Major League Baseball draft coming up in early June. Uh, after tomorrow night's marquee college baseball games, I'll have more video and stuff on some draft targets that we know that the White Sox have been heavily scouting, uh, possibly picking for the third pick in the draft. Uh, so those are the things that you'll be able to find on Sox Machine. And a soggy split for the Sox and Indians. You're writing about a soggy split, are you not? Well, yeah, it's, it's a soggy split because, you know, you lost the last three innings of the game. But again, Jonathan, the three and three in Cleveland, they were one and eight last year. Progress. I am trying to be more upbeat this year is my New Year's resolution. Be more positive. There has been progress this year. Ah, uh, there he is with his smiling face and his 16 and 20 record. There he is, Josh Nelson from Sox Machine. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks so much. And, and uh, say hello to your Sox Machine listeners listening as well. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan, as always, man, thanks for having me on. It is Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine with me, Jonathan Hood, here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Uh, how's that poll result coming back, Felix? I'm just curious. I don't have the Twitter up, if you pardon the expression. So you tell me. How's that poll question coming with the American League and National League? So as of right now, what's in the lead? It's 67% National League. Yeah, I, I think that is, it's a good, and again, this is not to diss the American League because I named for you some of the American League young players too, but that National League, you want here's what you want. You want to have intriguing races down the stretch and you want to have interesting playoffs. I think at this point in time, the National League, because of their young star power, that's the only way that, that's the only way that sport's going to grow. It's not about the guys that are established veterans. It's about young players trying to help that sport grow and be interesting. And and in all honesty, I will tell you, because I always speak in all honesty, uh, I have watched probably more Dodger games with the West Coast games. I've watched more Dodgers games this year on the my at-bat app than I choose to admit. It just keeps coming around just like they – I don't know why. Just like it's it's always on. It, it's become like the must watch now. I mean, I've watched uh, at least maybe twelve to fifteen Dodger games this year. <laughs> That's a lot. It just happens to be on. It's just like you know we, we work late. We get off at ten o'clock, and then there the Dodgers on. And it's like I'm not going to sleep right away. You know, when, people don't know that these when we work weeknights. You know, we're not going to bed at eleven. Oh, there's, there's at the at bat app or it's Netflix and chill one or the other. It takes a while to come down from one of these. <laughs> it just it does. If you pardon the expression, yeah, it does. Yes. So there you go. Uh, Rock Mamola checks in. Did you see this on Twitter? Rock Mamola checks in. 
Major League Baseball most popular jerseys. And this gives you an idea, too. He says seven of the top 10 in the National League, 12 of the top 20 from the senior circuit when it comes to jersey sales. That's important too. Twelve of the twelve of the top twenty are the senior circuit. Seven of the ten in National League. Strong, strong. So the National League. I'm looking at my top three teams I've watched on the app on the package. The Dodgers. Tons of Brewers games too. I was going to, if it wasn't for my schedule, I was going to do that split double header. I was going to do Brewers day game and then Bucks at night, but. The only thing is being sober throughout all that and then having no driver because it was just me, that wasn't going to work. No, was, that's a bad time. Right. It was yeah. a 12-10 game with the day game with the Brewers. I was going to do both and just like, yeah, but if I can't drink. Then then who wants to go to two ball games? Like, <laughs> especially a baseball game. Who goes to a baseball game and doesn't have a beer? <laughs> that's, that's right. Like sitting in two press boxes sober sucks. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good day if you're like up there and like in between it's like, you know, Mars Cheese Castle or, you know, going someplace. But it just going to Kenosha in between. But it didn't work. It's like, well, why should I go up there if I can't drink at both places? You know, st- sober as a judge and going to two places. That That's no good. Gotta have something under the belt, don't you? We've got Throwback Thursday coming up next. You're listening to my mans and them. Just some men that's on the mic. And when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. Jay Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN. <laughs> Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Before Snapchat. What is that? Before Twitter. So what's the sitch? There was. you Yeah. That's so throwback. Those were the good times. That's so throwback. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday Memories. I see a little silhouette of a man. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Put your hands on the throwback. All you need is love. Taking it back. Go back. The throwback. The throwback. 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 Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Let's lay it back. It's Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday, every Thursday on the program. We always give you something special on Throwback Thursday. The topic tonight. If you were introduced in front of a crowd, what would be your walk-up song you choose? Easy one, right? Baseball players have their walk-up song. Weddings. When you get married, you have your walk-up song. What's your walk-up song? That's the question we have for you. We saw on Facebook, Facebook.com, some of your choices. Okay, let's take a look at this list. It's a long thread. We're going to get to this here. Um, Michael Green says, if you had a walkout song, it would be ACDC Hell's Bells. (laughs) 
I can see why Trevor Hoffman used that as I a I was going to say, I remember Trevor Hoffman walking out to that, and I always thought it was so badass. Just the bells rang. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, you can see how that could intimidate the opponent. Uh-huh. Bottom of the ninth is like, oh, and that comes out. You got to have a good speaker system, too. <laughs> yeah, I got to have some bass in there. <laughs> so that thing works. I didn't even want to interrupt it. It was, that, it was that good. That's a classic right there. Let's see what else we have here. James White says, oh, if he had a walk-up song, it would be Walk by Pantera. Ah, ECW. pretty good. Pantera, that'll definitely work as we do Throwback Thursday. Throwback Throwback Thursday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday, if you're in front of a crowd, what would be your walk-up song that you would choose? Okay, Eric, which one is yours? Mine is, and I feel like this, you said this is easy, I feel like this is hard to to narrow down to one song. Hmm? I went with Nelly, Here Comes the Boom. Oh, That will definitely work. Absolutely. Is that your is that your wedding march on the on the beach? No, we had a uh, like just a guy playing a guitar. Right. Part of the deal, of course. We just had some dude playing guitar. It came with the all inclusive package. Yes, it did exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this Don Hole ripoff on the other. Uh, pretty much, it was, right? it was just a classic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This Don Hole ripoff, <laughs> tiny bubble, and there he was, there on his little ukulele, <laughs> bringing you guys in on the beach, which is restaurant quality. I love that. Uh, as we do Throwback Thursday, won't be your walkout song. lot of choices on here. Um, oh, Imagine Dragons is here. Ed Bloom says definitely go with Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that brings the house down, right? I feel like it's important to have, like, that strong bass line in these songs. So, like, you got the heavy Pantera that's all bass guitar, and then that song is just bass drum nonstop. Guess what Rock Momola says? Second Rock Momola reference. But he's a boss. If he's going to have a walk-up song, Ramblefish, Seven Dies. The Fury of Seven Dogs. 
Ah. On a throwback Thursday. If I had a, a walkout, <laughs> I have a lot of choices. I don't know why I thought about this earlier today, but I'm thinking that if I have a, a, a song, I'm a baseball player and I'm coming out, or if I have a big event, you know, people got to know Jonathan Hood, Jay Hood, I'm just that type of guy. seen the music video for that until i i was cutting it to put it in he's like mission impossible he's scaling buildings and, and jumping from one building yes. to the next so like well, this is mission impossible for for the girl you scale buildings you do everything you can clandestine to make sure that that guy's not around so you can get to that guy yep it was good it's, it's showing his acting chops early there is that not me if that's if you if I have a walk up something, would you say that that would be me? It's good because other guy trying so hard, Jonathan just kind of what's up, you know, just smooth, <laughs> relaxed. You're never over up, like you're you're never high or low. <laughs> so I see it. <laughs> that's pretty. I think it's pretty accurate. I think that's just me just observing, and you're not treating your girl right. Guess who's going to stop in? <laughs> me. <laughs> throwback Thursday. Just throwback. Somebody said, right said, friend. Right said, friend. Both of us together, one each end, and steady as we go. Ooh. Oh. Right just shifted, couldn't even lift it. We was getting nowhere, and so we had a cup of tea. And right said, friend, give a shot for Charlie. Up comes Charlie from the floor below. Dave Butterfield, didn't he work here before? <laughs> Is <laughs> butters? Is that his choice? I didn't even know that was the real song. It was the only one I could find. <laughs> it's not, I'm too sexy. It's that I don't know which one. I don't know. Okay, Felix, did we play yours? Which one's yours? Mine's would have to be "Sicko Mode" by Travis Scott. That would be your walk up, yes, sir. Sicko Mode, yeah. Way too formal, y'all know I don't follow suit. Stacy Dash, most of these girls ain't got a clue. All of these ladies I made off records I produce. I might take all my exes and put them all in a group. Group. Hit my essays, I need the booch. About to turn this function into binary root. Oh, I like that. I like that. Top. I'm surprised because I was looking for Creed My Sacrifice. And I didn't see it. <laughs> which one? Was it with arms wide open? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. I'm like, that? I don't know. I don't know who's Travis Scott is. I'm like, I don't know. This can't be Felix's. I couldn't. I didn't see. I don't see Creed. My sacrifice. My sacrifice. When you're here with me, I'm free. I'm careless. I believe. Where is that? <laughs> My goodness. I'm surprised. All right, but you know what? That's. I love that. Put that on the poll at ESPN 1000. Out of those three, Eric's choice, my choice, and Felix's choice, which one would be your walk-up song? Put that out there and see which one people like out of those three. We thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000, ESPN app. Our thanks to Malika Andrews, to Cole Cabana, to Josh Nelson. We thank you for listening. Show produced by Felix. 
And Eric on the other side of the glass. Uh, no show tomorrow because we got NBA playoffs. Let's do this Monday. How about this? Monday at 7. And if we don't catch up Monday at 7, how about Saturday? After the Cubs-Brewers game, it's me and J.D. Put that on the poll. Hey, let people know. Me and J.D. after the Cubs-Brewers game on Saturday at 4.30. We'll be on after that game right here on ESPN 1000. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Saturday after the Cubs-Brewers. And then, of course, Monday at 7. Jonathan Hood. I'm so hood. On ESPN 1000.